Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games in the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by... My name's Dan. Also welcome to the podcast. Also welcome to the podcast. Also. How are you? Are you well? Yeah, I'm alright. We've both been rather busy recently, but um, yes, I'm hanging in there. Uh, Are you hanging in there? No. I've fallen out the window. (laughs) But... Brilliant. We do have an improvement from last week in that this week I'm wearing trousers and I'm not in a hotel room. So And you've got headphones? Yep, got headphones. Um so we you know, we're doing marginally better in terms of the podcast front than we were last time we recorded. So I think that's that's gotta count for something, hasn't it? Step in the right direction. And also I think I might order a pizza after this, so you know. Wow. Sky's the limit. But on the downside, I am running a half marathon on Sunday that I haven't trained for. So, um, you know, swings around sure that. Pizza will help you on your way to that training. I'm sure it will. You know what? That's what they say about athletes that they should eat loads of pizza. Um, and I can say that because I am a professional athlete, so it's fine. I know all and about also that. A professional pizza. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you stop slandering me, please? I don't like that. Don't need that in my life. But. Speaking about athletics, let's move on to extreme sports. That was a link. (laughs) Tenuous link at best. But this week we're talking about kind of an extreme sports game slash weird thing. Uh, We're talking about Jet Grind Radio. So Jet Grind Radio was released in the year 2000 for the Dreamcast. It was developed by a company called Smilebit, uh, but produced by Sega. It is number 67 on our list, and I'll come back to that shortly, but it has a score of 94. So it's a bit of a strange game. It's, it's kind of a, a one-of-a-kind, this one, I think. Yeah. So f- firstly, do you, do you have any history with this game? No, none whatsoever. It's not. I usually have some sort of history with the games that we play, but yeah, nothing, nothing for this. Um, obviously, I'd heard about the Jet Set Radio series, Jet Set Radio as it's known in Japan and Europe and also as it was known in the sequel Jet Set Radio Future. Um, yeah, I knew it was about skating. Um, I knew that obviously the art style was very punchy, very, and it's, it's supposed to be very cool. And um, yeah, I just never never played it. Um, how about you? No, nothing. I've I, I'd seen... Um... I'd seen like screen captures of the um, of the main character, the guy that you play as in the tutorial, a few times um, across the years. Because I mean, this came out in two thousand, so kind of peak teenage time for well, not quite a teenager in in two thousand, but you know, was on the way. <laughs> but it's kind of that peak gaming time for us, you know, the the time when we were playing a lot of games when we were you know kids turning into teenagers adolescent yes that's the word i was looking for very good thank you encyclopedia but it isn't something that i'd played before and the the thing that i wanted to circle back to i mentioned a moment ago that this game comes in at number 67 on the list 
Now, the thing that blows my mind a little bit here is this game is above MGS, it's above MGS4, it's above MGS3, and it's above quite a lot of really well-respected and well-renowned games. So, with that said, you'd hope that this is something a little bit special. And the word I'd use for this game is probably quirky. It's a very quirky game. But where did you play this? Ah, so this is a, a longer story than it would usually be just because... Because you do have a Dreamcast. I do have a Dreamcast and I, I would have played it there, but sometimes it's a bit of a pain to set up old consoles on new TVs and um, I've not set up my Dreamcast for a while. Um, but the alternative route I took probably wasn't the easiest either. Um, so this game is, I use the word available loosely, um, on the Xbox Series X. But you can't buy it on the Xbox Series X. So it's sort of not available, but you can play it on the Series X. Um, I don't know if that's a, a flaw or just um, a bit of an outlier. So what I had to do was I had to plug in my Xbox 360, go onto the 360 store, buy it there, and then once I had it in my library, could I then play it on the Series X? Um, I also tried buying it on Microsoft's online stores and just didn't work. So yeah, it was really a bit of a painful experience getting this one to work. It took me about 20, 25 minutes in total, um, setting up and um, unplugging consoles and uh, until I was finally able to just sit and play this game. Um, yeah, so I played it on the Series X, which was a good place to play it. Um, I didn't know at the time it's available on the PS3, but I probably still would have gone for the Series X version, but I think you played it on the PS3, didn't you? Yeah, you you told me about the, uh, the myriad of issues that you had with it, and anyone that's listened to this podcast for long enough knows that I struggle with Microsoft. I, I really like my Xbox... There are some really good games on there, but when it comes to actually traversing the Microsoft Store and buying things on console for, for you know, um, for, for playing on there, I, I sometimes struggle with Microsoft, so I just decided to go to PSN. But that being said, it was still complicated there because as Sony are ramping down the PS3, which they are doing, and sooner or later it will be the case that they'll just turn off the, the servers for the PlayStation 3 entirely, I think. But well, now they, they announced that they were closing the store, and then they backtracked, didn't they? They did. So, um, I mean, for, for, for how long? I don't know. But. Yeah, it made us panic a little bit at the time when they said that. But they are now making it more difficult for you to make purchases on the PlayStation Store um, on the PS3. So usually, I'll buy a game on my PS5 or PS4 or PS3 using my bank card, which is attached to my PSN account or my PayPal account which is attached to it however you can't do that on PlayStation Network on the PS3 anymore um, you have to add funds to your wallet and then pay for it that way you can't just directly buy something oh. which is irritating I, I think I'd read about that somewhere um, yeah not the most intuitive way to do things no it's irritating but it, it is what it is so yeah I, I played I played this on the PlayStation 3 um, but I feel I should be totally up front and this is going to be more me asking you more questions this this week um, because I struggled to, to get much time to play this game because, as we said, both of us have been busy 
Um, I had a weekend away and then was away with work all last week and uh, taking my PS3 anywhere was not a viable option. So I've played a bit of this game, but not as much as you. Um, so you're the, the expert in this conversation. Well, if we want to I use that as far loosely. As saying, yeah, yeah, expert. Um, I think what we can summarise from that beginning conversation is that not as easy a game to play in today as as you'd like really yeah agree and to be honest with you this game's look and this game's feel is well in my opinion will be right at home on the switch it's it's got that switch look about it and it's got a very nintendo-esque feel about it in my opinion i don't know what you think about that well the i was i was looking at some bits before we came to record and the developers I mean I read an interview with the developers quite a recent interview and um, they were asked in the interview naturally they were asked if they were influenced by Tony Hawk's and SSX and those big western um, extreme sports games and they said no and they said that they were influenced by Nintendo and the Extreme G series um, I can sort of see it I don't think the controls are as tight as I come to expect from Nintendo um, but yeah I can sort of see it in, in it reminds me a bit of Splatoon in terms of the art style and just the kind of off the wall nature of it um, yeah I can see it in places yeah that's I, I was going to draw a comparison between Splatoon and, and Jet Grind but as well as that I also obviously see the links to Tony Hawk of course but another one that I saw because this is a very this is a very Japanese game um, it's got a lot of style that it takes from Western games and you know the Western world, but it is very, very Japanese, and it made me think a little bit of Katamari Damacy. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, there's, there's a, a bit of that, a bit of the quirky art style, isn't there? Yeah, and the art style is a big element of this game. But before we get into that, what what do you do in this game? What's the story and what's the what's the general feel of it? Well, before I played this game, I was really quite looking forward to playing this game because I do enjoy the um, extreme sports games. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Tony Hawk's games, and I think they've aged really quite well. And um, I quite enjoyed SSX as well. So I thought, oh, I'm going to enjoy playing um, Jet Set Radio. And what you do in this game, I mean, this is one of the strange things describing what you do in this game. Um I knew it was a, a roller skating game. I didn't quite know how the gameplay worked, what, what you did to win or beat a level or whether there were levels or how it functioned. So what this game is, you have levels, you have missions that you pick from the menu and what you're doing is you are uh, roller skating around, grinding a lot and you pick up spray cans and you are spraying graffiti and there will be um, obstacles and enemies trying to prevent you from spraying your graffiti. So there'll be police, there'll be dogs, there'll be SWAT, there'll be helicopters, so on, so on, so on. Everything trying to stop you from um, spraying your graffiti. And how you win a level is, um, in most of the levels, is to um, spray all of the tags that you need to do. And that's level complete. So it's a very, very, very arcadey. Um, peak Sega arcade experience and 
there are some other level types as well. So there's um, one level which is sort of a race and you're racing against an opponent to spray a graffiti tag at the far end of the level first. And there are other ones where you're um, chasing down opponents and spray painting the actual opponent and you have to take down three opponents. Each opponent, it takes 10 sprays of your spray can um, so they, they can be quite drawn out levels as well. So th there's a bit of variety here, not as much as I would have hoped for. Um, I think it lacks the objective-based gameplay that the Tony Hawk's games have and the variety that that brings. I mean, you, you have different levels, but functionally you're doing a lot of the same stuff within the levels. Um, in terms of the plot, uh, you've got basically you're, you're part of this street group and I was watching um, The Completionist, he's, he's done a video about it, and I'd, I'd not really realised it before, but um, when he started laying out the plot, and he actually pointed it out, but I kind of got this reference before he said it, um, it's very much like the Warriors, in that you've got different gangs in a large urban area, and um, you've got this DJ that's kind of narrating everything. Um, but the plot of Jet Set Radio is that you are collecting these pieces of a vinyl record and um, there's this shady corporation that wants to use the record to unleash a demon on, on Tokyo, which is very... Tokyo um, Toe. Tokyo Toe, yes, which is a version of Tokyo. And um, yeah, it's a very far out plot. And it turns out in the end that actually this this record doesn't have any... Um, demonic powers and that the head of the corporation has gone insane um, so yeah it's a, it's a wacky game that's the best way to describe it wackier than wacky races perhaps maybe maybe, maybe. so the, the story in this game seems to be secondary to the gameplay and I played a bit of this game and I think from my experience of it so far, and again, I didn't get massively far, but I played enough to get a feel for how the game controls, how it feels, and what it would be like to play this game for 20 hours or so. And the thing that I felt with it is that it is somewhat fun, and we'll get into that, obviously, when we discuss gameplay as king, but... I wouldn't say that the gameplay is the standout here. To me, it looks as though the standout in this is the art style and the music and the the, the graphical look of it. Would you say that's, that's fair enough or would you disagree? I would 100% agree with that. I think the things that have aged well are um, the almost rebellious nature of the game, the art style, which is very atypical and very exaggerated and very very colorful and this um, great soundtrack good voice acting um, this really quite detailed representation of um, Tokyo Toe which for the time I mean it's quite impressive um, the the broadness of some of the levels and um, yeah I think I think those are the, the key selling points here more than the gameplay itself um, which I think has probably aged not particularly well. Yeah, uh, the, the 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 look of this game is 
I mean, I think we discussed it previously. We've not played Wind Waker yet on this podcast, but we'll be getting to that relatively soon. And there are a lot of conversations around whether or not cell shader graphics are there to to hide certain things and just to make it look more stylish. And there are, you know, there are examples of bad cell shaded games and obviously good ones. And I think this is probably a, an example of a good cell shaded game. I think it looks cool and it still looks fresh and it, it it certainly pops and this is a game unique. that's 22 years old it's very unique yeah it is and i think that's something that can be said of the dreamcast in general that a lot of the games that came out on that system were very unique which might be a reason why it, it didn't do particularly well in the end which is a shame i've never owned a dreamcast but i've always wanted one and it might be something that i do end up getting it's got a great library of games and it's you got some games on the Dreamcast that you still can't get elsewhere. They're just these really quirky things that, I mean, who knows where, where that went after the Dreamcast because you just don't really get games like that anymore. No, it, it's very much, it's a product of its time, I think, the Dreamcast, which is a shame that it, it, it did fail. Um, but Sony had, not Sony, Sega had such a bad run of, marketing and yeah that that period of sega is sad because i grew up on sega but alas so gameplay is king as we often do state and with this game we must discuss the gameplay so first of all we've kind of alluded to this a little bit but do you think this game is fun in small doses i think it's fun um I think as you make progress in the game and you've got more and more obstacles and I think when this game just lets you skate without tripping over countless police dogs being shot at by choppers um, and when you lose momentum it's really really annoying so when you're when you're going at speed when you're grinding along it feels good when you hit something you slow down to a halt and it takes what feels like minutes to get back to a high speed and chuck in the obstacles which are the um, the enemies in the game that do slow you down and it's a game that sometimes feels like it's tripping over its own feet but when it just lets you go it feels good um, I, and from, from my understanding I've not played Jet Set Radio Future but from my understanding it's a faster snappier and they kind of did away with some of those um annoying momentum issues um in the first game clunkier physics lots of people say lots of people say that uh, jet set radio future is a, a better game than than jet set radio and i kind of wish that had been on the list because you retain the unique qualities of jet set radio but you have what sounds like far more enjoyable gameplay so it's a bit of a shame really yeah um but in, in small doses, but when you're trying to um, progress and if you've been playing maybe for a bit too long, I was getting frustrated at times, put it that way. Yeah. I mean, with, with that being said then, I, I don't know if it would be fair enough to say what's your favourite move, but what's your favourite element of this game? What's your favourite thing of it, whether that is gameplay or something else? I think grinding around and you do a jump off a grind onto another grind and you what happens in this game is you hold the jump button and you do a trick 
and you do a trick between grinds and you, you're building up that speed. When you hit that speed, that momentary sweet spot of uh, satisfaction levels fast. Yeah, it feels very good. Um, it's just a shame that there's not more of that. And it's just a shame that, like I say, the game doesn't constantly feel like it's trying to stop you from enjoying that speeding bliss. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair enough. Uh, like, like I said, with, with this one, I, I, I just don't think I've got enough time to to really get into the detail of it, which is why it's handy having two people host this podcast rather than one. Otherwise, it would be someone not talking about very much for half an hour, um, which wouldn't be very good listening, to be fair. So me asking you these questions this week, I feel is also... So, so I want to throw a question at you, though. Mm. I mean, you did play a bit of it, and what what was your impression about the controls compared to something, say, like Tony Hawk's? I found them to be somewhat not slidey. Like it, it felt okay. It, it loose. I don't know. It's hard to explain because it it was kind of like a mixture between being quite tight, but at the same time, elements of it being a little bit clunky. I don't know if you'd agree with example. that. Well, I think a good example in, in Tony Hawk's, when you go to, to grind something with your skateboard, um, when you press... Triangle. Usually, or Y. Yeah, usually triangle or the Y button, um, and you connect to the object. Whenever you're in the vicinity, you press that button and you connect. And yeah. It feels very, it feels very nice. It just, it's just that, that click that you get. Um, whereas in Jet Set Radio... You really need to be lined up, otherwise you just end up just missing it, and it doesn't have that same satisfying click. So that's that's kind of what I referred to earlier when I said that it sometimes feels a bit loose, lacks the tightness of say a Nintendo game. Yeah, and I think that a lot of games that were trying to emulate Tony Hawk at the time had that issue, and I'm not saying this game was one of those games that was trying to emulate it, but another big. Um, a big game of the time that tried to do Tony Hawk, but they just didn't manage, and it it was bad because of that. Was to, uh, the Simpsons skateboarding? Did you yeah. ever play that? I did. I, I never owned it, but I have played it. I think a lot of Simpsons games at that time were a little bit off, like Simpsons wrestling. <laughs> just, yeah, but the the less said about those, the better. So. We've we've touched on the look and the sound, but we've not discussed it properly yet. So this is a cell shaded game. It's very poppy. It's very colourful, and you said something earlier which I do agree with. That this is peak Sega. This is peak arcade Sega, and being peak Sega, it comes with the territory of arcade, bright, you know, high scores, timers, but. The, the the look of this game, I think, is where the game is sold. But what about the sound? What did you think of the music and the sound of it? Yeah, it's very good. It's very unique. Um, very. I don't know. I don't even know how you describe it. What genre genre you describe it as? But it's very unique, and um, I think a lot of the people that do have fond memories of Jet Set Radio. Um, often harken back to the soundtrack and probably has the same sort of appeal that people that played Tony Hawk's at the time um, 
things that they think about when they think of that great soundtrack. Um, yeah, it's, it's very fresh. Even today, it's very kind of... Again, I don't know how to... What, what genre is that? I, don't I think it's... it's hip-hop-y. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a mashup of hip-hop, some garage, but also a little bit of... Not pop-punk, but it's got that right. vibe to it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, and and it, and it is unique, and it's got this game has such a unique identity, mm. um, and it is nicely animated as well. I mean, the animation holds up quite nicely. The, um, the the unique identity, personally for me, is what I think makes it, um, or or is what gets it on the onto the list. We've we've mentioned a few times that there are certain games on this list where. We're like, why are they here? But it's because they were the first of their type or the, the, the kind of the trailblazer, I suppose, of that genre. And it came out at a time early enough where there weren't other games like it, so it was different. So it got high scores and therefore made it onto the list. And I think this is one of those games. I, I don't know I what you'd say about that, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit towards the end. But this feels like a really good example of that to me anyway but the question of the week is linked with the look of this game obviously i've mentioned um zelda wind waker and you've got other games that came out in the um in the noughties whether it was the early noughties or the the late noughties that were were big cell shaded games uh, one that comes to mind is um, Red, Red, is it Red, not Red 13? That's from Final Fantasy 7. The the Wii game. Do you know what? Uh, Red? Uh, oh, you mean um, something sword? Um, Red Steel. Red Steel, that was it. That That's a cell shaded game. And then you've got other really big games that are cell shaded that came out in the early 2010s, like the Telltale games. And they're very famous. So, I personally like cell shaded games. I think that they age a lot better than non cell shaded games, and they're they're quite timeless. What kind of game or what kind of game genre would you like to see brought out in twenty twenty two twenty twenty three that is cell shaded, and why would you want to see that kind of game as a cell shaded kind of vibe? Okay. Um... So I suppose before I answer the question, I want to give a couple of nods to some cell shaded games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Killer Seven. Yep. Uh, Killer Seven was a Capcom game, a really, really unique, amazing art style. Um, yeah, just a very good game. Um, so that's that's one I want to give a nod to, and also a game that was re-released recently as a remaster, but the remaster wasn't great, but the original game was very good. It's a game called Thirteen, which is a um, a shooter, and was actually a very good shooter. Um, and I think that's going to lead into my answer. Thirteen, what worked about it was that you, it was it was very comic booky. Yeah. And you aim your sniper scope, and you'd see a small box come up um, on the screen, which was you zoomed in, and then when you took the shot, it would you'd see. Um, like the impact of the bullet from your your gun and the reaction of the enemy, and it would come up with like a a, a comic pow or something. Yeah, um, 
it it was very good. It was very satisfying, and it was just um, I always the thing about thirteen is that it ended on a cliffhanger, and it was really annoying. And they never released a sequel. Um, I always wanted that sequel for thirteen. Not that I think it was one of the best games ever or anything like that. It was just a it was a good game, um, which ended on a good hook. And yeah, I think you got things like Fortnite, but I would like a pure cell shaded. Uh, maybe single player shooter that can really um, take advantage of those advantages that cell shading brings. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think that would be my answer. In fact, now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take it even further. How about a cell shaded horror game? That'd be cool. I would like to see that. Yeah, I wonder how that would work. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that'd there'd be, be cool. a lot of uh, possibilities. Yeah, there are cell shaded horror, and it's. I, I always feel that these days cell shaded games are going to be more a thing that indie developers would make rather than a AAA because it feels like it's a bit more experimental. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think... where it, I mean, I was thinking this while you were speaking earlier. Something like Jet Set Radio is like the antithesis to the modern-day, big-budget, realistic, um, single-player game. Mm. It's, it's, it's the complete opposite of it. It's arcadey, it's um, burst fun. Um, and nowadays we kind of strive for realism, or the big budget developers do. Yeah, so you do occasionally get... I mean, Breath of the Wild is a, is a cel-shaded game. Um, not not quite pure cel-shaded, but it has a look of cel-shaded. Yes. Yeah. So you, you do get them, but not as much as you'd like and the thing is when you go for those realistic graphics you tend to age yourself out i mean you look at those games that look really realistic um 10 years ago and they just don't look great anymore whereas cell shaded games still do look great they look timeless yeah and i think i think that's so what a... about you do, you do you have um a game genre that you would like to see when I think about it, I think um, horror, I think, is a really interesting one that I hadn't thought about. But for me, probably, because you've got first-person shooter, um, cel-shaded games like 13 or like Red Steel. And I think that a racing game would be interesting. I don't know why I think that, whether or not it's it'd a be... Game, a- um, about 15 years, well, it was early 2000s, it's a game called cell damage which was a driving um fighting cell shaded game which had cell in the name and it wasn't that good but it was quite fun multiplayer and yeah just talking about cell shaded games brings that game to mind yeah cell shaded games i think are they're hard to define as something that you'd want until you actually see it do you know what i mean so yeah. I, I couldn't say to you I want a specific game that is cell shaded, but if I saw one, I'd be like, yeah, that looks great. Yeah, I mean, Persona is is for all yeah. intents and purposes a cell shaded game. Yeah, and I think the the style of that game is one of the reasons why you and me liked it so much. Um, yeah. Because I think we said it's, it's it oozes style that game, doesn't it? Oh yeah, massively. So. Yeah, it's it's a funny one with cell shaded, but I, I I would like to play more of them, and I think if they released another sequel 
to this game because obviously there was Jet Set Radio Future. Uh, but if they released another yeah. one, I think I'd be interested in playing it because I think it's very novel. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking as well. I'm thinking about this list. I wonder if we thought about it, how many graphical types were represented. Obviously, you've got Wind Wake, which is also cel-shaded. Um, how many other cel-shaded games are there? I can't think of many. I don't think there are very many on the list, if if not only these two. Grim Fandango, sort of cel-shaded. Yeah, maybe. Old style, though. Yeah. But no, I, it, it, it's certainly an interesting one. And I, I didn't expect us to kind of talk about the cell shaded ness of it so much. But I think it is a testament to, and one of the reasons why this game is here on the list, because of its style and because of its look. So that kind of brings us to the conclusion with this game. Do you think it deserves to be here? It's a hard question because it is very unique it is um, and if we were judging it by uniqueness you've got this skating game where you race around grind around um, and just graffiti walls and I mean there's, there's no other game like that on the list um, and there aren't very many other games like that full stop um, it's very unique, even today. And then you add in the fact that it's got these un- unique graphics, unique soundtrack. Um, so if it was based on being unique, I think you 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 put it in there. Now, the problem I have with this game is the gameplay is not where I would like it to be. And I don't have any n- nostalgia for this game, so maybe if I did, I'd... I'd view that differently, mm. but I don't. So it hasn't aged very well from a gameplay perspective. And I just had one too many gripes about the gameplay whilst I was playing it. I didn't even get onto the camera and how frustrating that is at times. Um, so I'm going to say no. I'm. Uh, it's always a difficult one, uniqueness versus, but... but the fact is, the gameplay is not where I think it should be to be on this list as, as one of the best games ever. Yes, uniqueness gets you to probably very good, but not one of the best games ever. Um, and a lot of the... It was a very young development team that made Jet Set Radio, and you can kind of see that in a lot of the aspects of it. It's a very fresh um, game, and a lot of them went on to work on Yakuza. But I would chuck a Yakuza game in here um easily over jet set radio mm. and i mean there are there are other big dreamcast games really influential dreamcast games that are missing from the list um for jet set radio which is things such as shemu um so yeah i'm going to say no fair enough <laughs> i mean how about you i mean me me answering this question seems a little bit a little bit redundant because i really didn't play very much of it I'm going to push you to answer it anyway. You That's fine. Yes or no, does it? I, from what I played, I enjoyed it, and I thought it was quite cool. But, like I said, this game on the list is above a lot of really heavy hitters, and I don't see why. I think this game's been added to this list because of when it came out and the fact that it was a trailblazer and there wasn't really anything like it, which is fine. But when you talk 20 years later 
or 22 years later about the very best games of all time and the caliber that 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 has and the 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 majesty of it <laughs> um i i don't really think this is a game that deserves to be here like you say unique doesn't always mean good this is a fine game from what i played of it but i don't think this is greatest game of all time material and I don't think my yeah. opinion would have changed on that if I'd have finished it. I think fine is... That's how I'd describe the gameplay. It's fine. It's fine, and it's got some real real good elements to it, but not elements that would be like, okay, this is one of the best games of all time. You know? Yeah. So I, th- I think we're probably in agreement there, aren't we? It's, it's a yes. weird game, and it's quirky. And I, I would recommend, if you can... You know, stomach the the pain in the ass of what it is to actually get hold of this game, and you want to try it. The game, do yeah. it because it's interesting. And well, I suppose one of the biggest compliments I can pay Jet Set Radio is that if I mean I don't know you for for whatever reason there was never a remaster of Jet Set Radio Future, and if I could play that on my Series X today, I'd do it. Um, so that's a compliment to the original game there's a lot of potential there not necessarily delivered upon yeah it. I agree, it, it's potential um, but that's probably as far as I'd take it but next week we have a game that comes with quite a lot of well, prestige prestige yeah, so what are we playing next week? Next week we are playing the next in the series of God of War games that appears on the list. Only three of them appear on the list. We've already played um, the first God of War game. So if you haven't checked out that episode, check it out. Um, So it's the second God of War game, God of War 2. And then finally the final God of War game is God of War 2018, which we will be getting to probably in... Some months. Was that 2018 or was it 2016? No, 2018. I don't remember years anymore. <laughs> it's hard being me. But yes, God of War 2. Or God of War du. If you're in French. If you're in French, if you're in France. But they've probably got another word for God and War. So ignore me speaking French because I'm not actually speaking French. But as always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on social media at the Long and Short of It podcast or you can email us at the Long and Short of It podcast at hotmail.com. If you've enjoyed this, you want to share it with anyone, please feel free. It gets our voices in more people's ears, which, you know, if people enjoy it, then happy days. Probably a blessing and a curse. A blessing and a curse. And if you'd be so kind to rate us on whatever platform it is you listen it would be greatly appreciated. Is there anything else from you today? No, that's it from me. Very good. Well, we'll see you next week for God of War 2. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.